0: Hello and I feel okay, like I'm back. That's my thing. What? I say hello and welcome. Oh, you do it. No, I'm saying, well, I say the phrase hello and welcome.
1: Oh, <laughs> like I thought the- you were like, let me do a bitch. <laughs> oh my
0: God!
1: Oh no, me. you say hello. <laughs> no. Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. Welcome. Mm. Mm. <laughs> why is this always so awkward? Like, why is know. the beginning weird? You? you see, we missed a week Uh-oh. and now we're like out of practice. Oh, we have to explain. Yeah, guys. Um, I had COVID. Again. Well, if you didn't see our TikTok, first of all, follow us on TikTok. Follow us on our social medias if you don't. At Mami um, And we also have personal Instagrams, which you will find linked in the description. Yes. where um, you can follow us and you'll be updated on whatever's going on. But I did have COVID again last week. Again. My second is time. Is the keyword. <laughs> um, I am You're better okay. now. I am not great. So if you can hear something... In my voice that's what's going on right. and also if i take a break to cough in the middle of the episode you know why but i am good i am healthy there's no complications i'm i'm great amazing but um we're happy to be back and i mean we're back but we're we're unhappy about the circumstances in the world currently and i just quickly want to touch on that before we start this episode to say that we all know that currently Russia is at war with Ukraine um, it is not the people of Russia, it is Putin and we know that this is a terrible thing that should not be happening. Um, currently about half an hour ago there was an, a rocket explosion in Kharkiv that killed six people as far as I know. Um, Kiev is currently still under Ukrainian control um, the world is helping Ukraine and we can only hope that Putin will withdraw his troops and that things will go as good as they can go. The best. Best. Yeah. Right. Um we are keeping a close eye on the situation as I think everyone should be, and I really want to say that I think it's so important that we all take this very seriously mm-hmm. and pay attention to what's happening. Because even if you're for me personally I don't like to speak about war or violence or politics. Politics or any of that stuff seriously in my life and I don't think we have the same luxury today because we are in a space where this is something that is affecting all of us. And I'm not saying that there aren't other wars in the world that are important. I'm just saying that this is something that aren't important. Yeah, Mm. that aren't important. Um, We should keep an eye on this. And um, if you don't know why it can affect you personally, definitely do some research and find out. Um, Just do research on the history of Ukraine and Russia and you'll understand. Um, Right. But with all of that being said as well, we know that, like, people
0: go to social media for different things, right? And a lot of people also, like, want to escape, like, all the craziness and the politics and the wars and the, the stuff things. stuff that's happening in the world. And the news. So, um, yeah, we do acknowledge that also. So, not to say that we're brushing any of this, like, mm. under the rug. We do want to, like, touch on it and talk mm. about it. But at the end of the day, we are also going to just carry on
1: with. Yeah. We encourage mm-hmm. you to keep up to date, uh keep up to date with what's going on and we will keep up to date with what's going on. But we acknowledge that this is an escape. So right. we are gonna go on with other contents. This does not mean that we don't think that this is important and horrible. Right.
0: Okay. Like at the beginning of the panorama. <laughs> <laughs> the panorama. Um it almost felt like everywhere you looked, that was all that was being talked mm-hmm. about and it was so frustrating. Like obviously you have to talk about it and see what's happening
1: and keep up to date but like... Especially then because it was so scary. We were like, yeah. we didn't know what was going to happen with yeah. that whole situation. So A like, lot of the
0: times like people just like literally beg
1: their family too. it's like, can we please just can we, move yeah. on? Can you please yeah. just make other content so that we can escape? And mm-hmm. I definitely think that that is also happening like, I have been... Personally, I've been very caught up in the whole Ukraine and Russia thing, like yeah. to the point where that's like the thing I dream about, and like really? I have like no, I have like real nightmares about it, and it gives me anxiety when I have to go to work and I know that I can't be updated like mm. every couple of minutes on what's happening. Um, like the first thing I do at the end of my shift is look at like, what is what happened? What happened? Is is everyone okay? Mm. And especially like like two days ago when Zelensky was in real. Like trouble and under real like serious threats, I yeah. was like so scared that I was gonna go on my phone and they were gonna say the president was captured and killed. Yeah, yeah, no, I can <clears> imagine. So we are here to escape for ourselves, also. Yes. Just as much as this can be an escape for you. Um, today we're gonna talk about periods. Um, <laughs> and we've both gone through some things.
0: Some things. Some girly stuff. That being said, obviously, if you are not assigned female at birth, you are more than welcome to stay (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, you know, get educated. That would be great.
1: And join Um, the discussion.
0: Yeah, join the discussion. We hope that this will be not only informative, but also, like, just validating to Mm -hmm. other people. Because a lot of the things that I want to talk about specifically, like, I didn't know weren't weren't
1: normal. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I think it's important for us to discuss these things, especially as... You know, it is still unfortunately considered a taboo topic, especially in South African society. Um, and the medical field will, we know this often, brush the stuff under the rug or brush it off or tell you that it's normal when it's not. And so I think it's important for us, especially people with periods should talk about it so that we can get more educated and educate each other. Yes. Um, and if you you're not a person with a period, I think it's still important that you know this because most likely you will have someone in your life that does have a period that you can help Um, in saying all of that if whatever you choose to do we are going to discuss our personal experiences that does not invalidate your experience it does not say that you are wrong for doing anything or not doing anything Um, you have complete bodily autonomy we support that we support you in all your choices that you make for your body. Uh, whatever is safe and healthy for you mm-hmm. please keep doing that what we are going to talk about is just our experiences of our bodies and our what works for us yeah right and even in that we don't like the same things don't work for yeah
0: you that work for me
1: cool so let's go and we're also still figuring it out I'm still figuring it out i'm still confused anyways so um so i think a good starting place for this conversation is to talk about reproductive um, choices that we've made and so you did something different from what I did so can you tell us your story and how you okay. to that?
0: so I started birth control like in general in 2019 and my choice of birth control was the copper pearls mm. I don't remember if I saw an ad for it and then you talked to me about it or the other way around but we had previously spoken about it Mm. And we were like, oh my gosh, this is like a new device that looks so cool because it's like supposed to be 100% natural, like there's no hormones. Mm. Um, and it's shaped, it's like, it's an IUD, but instead of being like the normal T, it's round with like little balls of copper.
1: It's almost like a string of pearls.
0: Right. So it's supposed to like not perforate
1: your uterus or whatever, and it's supposed to be amazing and wonderful. So the whole premise of it was basically that IUDs that existed in the past were all um, piggybacks in, if you don't understand that term, it's just just means that they weren't individually tested. There was one model tested, the rest of them were approved based on that model. Right. So this was a completely new model, looked completely different and it, did, um, it worked completely differently and it was supposed to be really, really amazing. The research at that point said that it was incredible and both of us were very interested in it.
0: Right, so I Googled, <laughs> which is what I do with a lot of things, <laughs> copper pearls they there near me, and then my, the lady that is now my gynee um, popped up, so she is on the official, like, copper pearls South Africa website, as, like, one of the prat- practitioners that, like, approves the device, or, like, inserts it, or do, the, whatever, she has something to do with the copper pearls, so <laughs> I emailed them, and this should have been a red flag, actually, looking back from the beginning. I emailed them. I was like, hi, I want to get the copper pearls, whatever, cool, cool, cool. And they were like, okay, that's fine. But if you want to do that, you have to buy the device. yourself. email? The doctor. The recep, Well, yeah, her receptionist later. Mm. And it was weird because I thought, like, I should just go and she should have the device there. No. Okay, but anyways. Like, it, it snowballs into a big thing. So I'll explain more of this later. But anyway, they were like... Okay, whatever. If you really want to do that, go buy the device, bring it. Cool, cool, cool. So I had my appointment. She inserted the ID. Everything was great. She did warn me though. She was like, "Okay, just so you know, this will cause your um, like your period itself will get longer. You might have more like heavy cramps and things like that. Um, but it should like regulate within six months
1: to a year." So just to explain what you said uh, quickly, you. Went to the urogani, said that she wanted the copper pearls on an email. They sent you to a third party to purchase the device. You took it into the office and she inserted it. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um. Cool. Then I left. It was great. Had my checkup. Great. <laughs> now, long story short, I went back to her this year and she was like, so how are you feeling with your IUD? And I was like, oh, I love it. Um, and she's like, okay. And how's your period? And I'm like, "Yeah." So my period is eight days long. I bleed through my jeans. I have to wear a tampon and a pad. Um, and I have really severe cramps where I can't even walk half the time. Um, my legs go numb every couple of months. <laughs> and she's like... So you're not happy. You're not happy. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, but in my head that didn't... You didn't think it was that. I didn't think it was because of the copper pearls. Anyways, she explains to me that she was like you know when you came in 2019 you came with the device and you told me insert this for me and obviously from like a medical standpoint and ethics and whatever like i have my bodily autonomy you know if that's what i wanted then she has to do it she can't be like no and she was like she was like i wasn't going to tell you to sell the copper pearls on the black market yeah what's gonna happen you already purchased the device she was like so i did that for you but from that point already, I wasn't a fan of the copper pearls and I was like, what do you mean? Basically, she told me all this drama that apparently <laughs> told me all the tea. a lot of her patients had had the copper pearls and they were having symptoms like me, like mm. their periods just got extremely bad. Like, yes, it's with an IUD, it can, the symptoms can get worse, but not to the point where they double in severity mm. than what they were. And she also had patients that had the device and they still got pregnant. She had one person who actually the device just fell up <laughs> and they don't know how or when or why. That's crazy. So she's like, I've just had so many problems with the copper pearls. Um and it's obviously not helping you. It's not making your life better. So let's look yeah. at other options. And that just shook me to my core.
1: Because <laughs> I didn't like I said, I didn't relate this whole time that It was up. It was that. Um, Also, I just want to mention that if you want to educate yourself further on this, I think a really important documentary to watch is um, The Bleeding Ground on Netflix. I did a paper on it one time um, and I think it's so important and exposes so much of the medical field and especially around IUDs and other um, hormonal devices or birth control devices that are inserted into women and how half the time they're really not safe, but they get approved anyways. Um, And so if you want to understand that whole process, I think it's really important to go watch that. But um, I wanted to ask you, a lot of uh, conversations recently have been about how really women don't get... So let's say a guy goes for any medical situation that involves genitalia where they're going to insert anything cut anything whatever he will immediately receive an seizure, whether that's local or mm. whatever whereas with women that doesn't happen If you unless you're in labor that really does not occur Dude. and a lot of people speak about the pain of uh, having an IUD inserted and how medical professionals will say oh it's just a pinch or whatever but actually it's really really painful and I wanted to speak to you about that it was
0: the worst pain I've ever experienced in my entire life and now, after I had this conversation with my guyney, then doing more research and reading other women's stories and stuff, I've like seen on several like people have posted or whatever that the pain that they felt with the insertion it was even worse than like labor itself.
1: Yeah, and I was like, what that's what man? I'm
0: saying. Like, and that's why when we were talking about like my other options, like what else I can like have, she mentioned another IUD that she said is not the Marina; it's like the Marina's younger cousin. <laughs> like, so it's like less hormones, it's more, it's supposed to be more like respectful to your body, like, you know, whatever. Um, and I was like, yeah, like, cool. But if I, I literally, these are my words to her. I was like, if I have to think of going through another insertion, I'm literally going to kill myself. And she was like, okay. <laughs> so we right. do that. <laughs>
1: mm, but that's what I'm saying. Like, how, like, not even your gynae has that choice to make like she can't even say okay i'm just going to give you anesthesia you know because that's not the procedure here it's not part of it yeah why isn't it if so many women complain about this procedure and how painful it is and why are we listening to women in this scenario why it's if if we're gonna say the issue is that there is a board of men who are making decisions about women's bodies listen to the woman listen to her saying i'm it's painful There's a very easy fix for it. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: It just all leads back to like misogyny, right? And like the patriarchy. patriarchy.
1: They're like, shut up, we're the scientists. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the time, women's pain gets invalidated. And I mean, for women of color, it's even worse. But Mm -hmm. we're all in the same boat in the sense of like, being invalidated in our medical experiences and in our bodily autonomy right but also this is why i'm
0: so grateful that this lady is my gynae and she's so wonderful and like you really have to make have a relationship with your gynae because they're Mm. just just such an important person in your life and someone that you should be able to trust because she literally put me in my place dude she was like you're bleeding yourself to death every month. You're going through so much pain and it doesn't have to be like this. And she went on a whole rant. Mm. She was like, I hate when people say that periods are supposed to be painful. You're supposed to go through hell yeah. because that's not it, like it's
1: not normal. Mm.
0: And I was like, that's when it clicked for me. I was like,
1: whoa. It's really crazy how we go through most of our like teens and stuff and nobody ever says to us, painful periods are not normal because that's exactly what happened to me. I always had like, well, actually, no, when I was really young, I never had any cramps, nothing ever, like, I never, I was good. Right. But then I would say around 17, 17, 18, I started getting severe cramps that were like, my back would hurt so bad. My stomach would hurt, my legs would hurt, it would be horrible. And it kind of escalated to the point where I remember one day in university I was in my car drinking painkillers and I couldn't get I couldn't get up and out of my car to walk to class I had to sleep like taken up nap in my car with my painkillers and then miss that class and go to the next one because I actually couldn't walk yeah and, and it I shouldn't thought, be like that I thought that was normal and I remember going home and I was on my bed in a bowl saying this is so painful and my mom saying to me yeah it's normal yeah. We we have um painful bears. It is what it is. It is what it is. And it's not. <laughs> and then that's exactly the thing. I am grateful for the doctor that I had. He was so I had a male doctor and a female doctor. Um and the female doctor is I'm still with her, she's amazing. The male doctor was also incredible, he just left. That's why I'm no longer with him. But um they worked together and yeah. So I went to the doctor and I was like, Listen, I I've now realized that this isn't normal. I need help. And he, this is the thing that I also want to talk about, how diagnosis work for women in issues like this, because we've now both had a similar experience in this, where I told them all my symptoms, he made me fill out a question, make me, he made me fill out a questionnaire. I filled it out, and then he did a basic examination and he was like, okay, I think you have endometriosis, you might have it. Um, here's birth control, take it, we'll see what happens. I went on birth control. Um, a couple of months later, I had to do a sonar for unrelated reasons to look off, look at my kidneys. And then they just checked up on my whole reproductive system in that um, same appointment. And then they said, oh, okay, yeah, you look better. Inflammation went down, you look good. Was probably endometriosis. Keep drinking your birth control. Finish. That's it. That, <laughs> like, was, that was my diagnosis. But now what must happen? Where do I go from here, by
0: like, <laughs> like, I still have a whole life ahead of me to live. And there's still going to be complications. Like, endometriosis isn't
1: something that just goes away. It's and,
0: a chronic... And also,
1: like, if I have it, how do I know 100%? Because is this how they diagnose you? Like, is yeah. this it? This is what we were talking about. Because
0: <clears throat> my... So, my guy knew when I went to her. Whenever it was last week. Um... Was also like when I was telling her all my symptoms and whatever she was like this might be endometriosis but she also like your doctor didn't actually say okay this is endometriosis I'm for you with it because they can't the only way from my like research and stuff the only way they can definitely like say definitively say that you have endo is by like literally you going through surgery and then like cutting you open so and the thing is no I one i don't want to do Yeah, you know, like not everyone is going to go through that like we don't want to do that just to be diagnosed with something yeah um so that's what they do they ask questions they will like mm. feel and like they'll say
1: this looks like but they'll never just say this is endometriosis um which is frustrating to me because i feel like what if it isn't you know now i'm going on that presumption and i'm working off of it and yes it's working for now but like what if what if it's just masking symptoms what if it's not actually working and something deeper is wrong or whatever and like it's important here again to have a good relationship with your gynae your doctor like have a good relationship with medical professionals in your life and i know that's such an easy thing to say and a harder thing to do because it is very awkward at first yeah and also like some doctors just aren't good like yeah. at their jobs they're just not interested in their patients and in patient care and so they'll just do whatever to mask your symptoms and shut you up and yeah so i think they just
0: sometimes it feels like they're like reading out a textbook to you yeah and you're like but i'm a person <laughs> behind the symptoms
1: you know so i think it's important to have a doctor that you could form a relationship with and another thing that's important is like if you find a doctor that you can have a relationship with give them your medical history and also stay with that doctor because Mm -hmm. recently i went to her with a with a different problem entirely and she could help me only because she had records of previous stuff that happened to me she could relate the two and say okay this is what's happening i think so let's treat that you know so i think it's important to have that relationship and then also you get to a point where you can ask these questions Which is something that I should actually do. I should go to her and ask her, like, what if this is something bigger? What if it's not this? Because it is, it's anxiety inducing. Like, Mm. what if it isn't? Right. Well, the thing is
0: with my gynae, she did an internal um, ultrasound. Mm. And I, like, felt pain. And she was like, but this isn't supposed to be painful. Mm. And then she was looking and she's like, okay, there's no cysts. Mm. So that's when she was like, this could be endo. Because um, I have... Assume that if there was this then it would have been peak something or, something else, or yeah. something else,
1: but where was I going with that thought? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're just saying like that's how you were diagnosed mm. but yeah same basically I didn't have any internal ultrasound I just had external examinations but yeah that's basically the same thing and then they um figured out that I had like inflammation and a bunch of stuff and then birth control treated that and it went away which is so are you getting better now on birth control much better on the pill yes what pill are you taking um yasmin yasmin plus which i was just on yasmin but uh, yasmin plus now has folic acid and like just more nutrients basically. nutrients but um that's another thing i want to talk about actually i have seen a lot of female gynecologists who are trained professionals um talking on social media about how birth control was invented by men obviously um, back in the day and it it's the same model as the IUD where there was one um that was approved yeah one was approved and the rest was piggybacked on that system and so they all kind of work the same way with some differences but you don't have to have withdrawal bleed like you don't have to have a period on birth control which is frustrating that nobody ever says that Mm. and sorry so she says that basically the specific uh, doctor that i listened to said that men basically said okay well if women aren't gonna have a withdrawal bleed which is what they call it then they're gonna go they're gonna have hysteria so they need to have a withdrawal bleed so your period isn't actually real on birth control it's just fabricated Mm. and you don't need to have it you can just keep drinking your pill and if you're gonna do this please speak to your doctor beforehand so that she can advise you or he can advise you on the specific birth control that you're taking how to do it but yeah you don't have to have a withdrawal bleed. how come nobody ever told us this? they don't talk about that you know
0: what else frustrates me about birth birth control pill especially now like with endo and like all the stuff like it's supposed to help your symptoms make you feel better And then there's so many gynees and doctors and also other people on social media in general that demonize the pill Mm. so much and I understand where they're coming from. But then, like, now where do I stand? Like, if I'm in a situation where I have to take it, but now I'm hearing all these things like Mm. it's going to ruin your life, it's a depression pill, it's like this, it's that. Like, where does that leave, like, people with endo and things where it's supposed to, like, help your symptoms and all of that? Mm. Because now like, I I trust my doctor, like, I know what she's saying, it's funny, because I said this to her in the appointment, I was like, but I'm just so scared of birth control, whatever, whatever, then I was like, but actually, you're my doctor, I should just trust you, she was like, yeah, you should trust me, so, coming out of that, now, I go onto my phone, and obviously, my phone is, like, tracking me, and listening to my conversation, so I get videos on, like, birth controls, the demon, like, the devil, whatever, and I'm like, "Mm." hmm, now I'm, like, taking this pill every day, like,
1: <laughs> you know well that's literally the two sides of it so like i agree with you because that was also my experience first of all like we can talk about the stigmas around birth control so mm-hmm. and like the way that it was demonized in my mind was not like i i want to be careful in how i word this but like uh external pressure from family members to be like you cannot be on birth control you know because whatever mm. whatever stigmas they have so right that also exists and that's a whole different paradigm and a whole different layer of shame around birth control that should not exist yeah. but then to talk about the fact that yeah that's true a lot of people demonize it and when you're in the situation where you're being told this is gonna be this is gonna help you mm. and what you're hearing about it is it's so bad don't do it whatever it's terrifying it's terrifying to go into that and like even now i'm still terrified because i'm like all i hear is like it's it it causes cancer it causes this, it causes that and i'm like obviously i don't want that to happen to me but like now i've taken it and it is helping me Mm. so like but there are two sides of it also so what i want to say is like my experience of it is the first while when you take it when you start taking it it can really mess with your emotions a lot Mm -hmm. Mm. and you'll feel it like you'll it's just like mood swings like Mm. and but it also it will stabilize like it doesn't I'm not saying like oh it's gonna take months like it's a couple of weeks and then there's a two sides the one side is it helps me so much with my symptoms it I my periods aren't painful they're regular they're scheduled like it's good and then the other aspect of it is Yeah, it's the demon, like, it, it, like, really messes with your emotions, it makes you feel completely different, and how I can say this is because I went on it for a prolonged period of time, and then went off it for a while, Mm. to see what the difference would be, and there was a massive difference, because all of my, like, endo symptoms went, went away on birth control, but then came back when I went off it, But my emotions—I didn't notice. Mm -hmm. Actually, I wasn't like, "Oh, my emotions are so different. My mindset's so different," until I went off of it, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, I feel like a different person." Like, and a lot of people say that. Yeah, I feel completely different when I'm not on it, and like my emotions. So I would say my emotions and my mental state is better off of it, but my physical health is better on it.
0: Dude, and that's the thing. Like, your physical health affects your mental and emotional health as well. So. I don't know,
1: dude. It's like a sacrifice, basically. We'll either way,
0: but like I, like I said, I do trust my my guy. Yeah, and I love her so much. <laughs> and she, so what we did, she said, "Listen, I'm not gonna remove the ID just yet. Um, we're gonna put you on a three month trial period with this um, pill. I'm taking Zoli. Mm. Zoli. I don't know Zoli. Anyways, it's like we're gonna put you on a three month trial period. Monitor your symptoms." You come back to me in three months. Depending on how you're feeling, we either go with it and I remove the ID, or we try something else, whatever, whatever. Mm. So yeah, that makes me feel a bit better because I'm like, at least this isn't forever. Like she's like, take it and trust me and just like leave, shut up. No, yeah. You know, she's like, let's let's see how it goes. And it's like a yeah. slow
1: process, so. And I think that's also important if you are going to go on birth control and you are going to go on the pull, you have to try different ones. And be very open and honest with your doctor and also like even if you've taken birth control for a long time You've been on one brand for a long time Check in with your doctor. My doctor still checks in with me and says is this the right prescription for you? Are you feeling any weird side effects? She like gives me a list of stuff She's like are you feeling any of this? Is this happening to you? Otherwise, we can change your prescription, you know Yeah, if you find something that works for you stick to it But don't stick to it to the dead end that's not gonna lead you anywhere just be very honest with yourself, be very honest with your doctor, and if you need to change change your birth control, change it. Because as you grow, your body changes and your needs change as well. Yeah. Yeah,
0: dude. I just want to go back to um, talking about like the taboo around birth control mm. and stuff. Um, just Obviously, this is just a baseline that you should never ask people openly, like, when are you having a baby? And things yeah. like that, because it's just it's first of all it's rude, second of all you don't know what people are going through, third of all like let's say for example I do want to have kids one day right but not not right now that's not the point of the story the point of the story is using me as an example now I find out I have endo right now tomorrow night you come to my house and you're like oh my gosh don't wait too long to have kids now I'm going through this whole emotional trauma of I've just been diagnosed with endo I don't know if I'm in for now I have to take birth control because it's going to make my symptoms better and now you're also demonizing birth control, and like, now what must happen? Yeah, Where do yeah, I stand? At the stand? end of the day,
1: like, endo can also make your pregnancy more dangerous if it's, like, flared up and stuff. So if yeah. you're taking your birth control, it can actually help you in family planning, like, mm-hmm. it can help you in that aspect. I think there's so much shame around birth control and, like, just bodily autonomy, like, once what again. You, but, you, know, you know, know? What? at the <laughs> end of the day, even if I don't want to have kids and I'm on birth control, why are you asking me when I have one and a half kids? Like, it's, it doesn't concern you. Mm. And if it is something you're genuinely concerned about and you're close enough to the person to be able to have that conversation, have it with them in private. Right. And, like, obviously, I'm not saying don't. Like, like you said, if you're close
0: enough to the person, let's say I'm talking to my sister, cool. Mm. Like, there's a way to go about things. Like, you're not just going to be like, so when you're going to When's the next one? Like, yeah. I'm waiting. I want to be an aunt again. Like, shut up. <laughs> it's not about you. <laughs> don't talk to me like that. Yeah. Though. So
1: hopefully no one listening is like that. But just... Also, another thing just is like... conscious. I think people don't realize... This, we're not going to talk about it in this episode or maybe ever, but... Um, how traumatizing pregnancy is. And how traumatizing giving birth is. Like, I, a lot of conversations I've seen recently around, like, reproductive health and stuff. Is like, women finally speaking about how their birth traumatized them mm-hmm. or how their pregnancy traumatized them. And do you know how, how many women are diagnosed with PTSD after giving birth? Yeah. That is something that's not spoken about. It's something that people feel shame about. And it's so unnecessary. It is a it is a terrifying and traumatic event that your body is going through. And if you went through that that amount of pain and trauma and bleeding and prolonged suffering and you like, for anything other than having a baby. That would have been seen as like a medical event that happened in your life that was catastrophic, but because it was means. a pregnancy, people are like, yeah, you're supposed to do that. Your body's supposed to do that. No. That does not mean it cannot be traumatic. That does yeah. not mean it can't be horrifying and a terrible thing to live through. And that does also not mean that you're not grateful for your kids. Yeah, that, that doesn't you're...
0: make you a bad mother as Yeah, well,
1: like Or you don't want the kid or whatever. That, it doesn't mean that. You can have those experiences both and have them separately. Just because your pregnancy was terrible and it was your birth was traumatic doesn't make your kid a horrible person or a whatever. Right. But you can still feel our trauma. Yeah, and you don't have to suppress it and you don't have to be like I'm a
0: like a terrible like a, I'm a shit woman because my yeah. body went through this and I couldn't handle it. Like, no. It's okay. I actually saw there's a she's a Cape blogger that I follow. Mm. Her name is I don't know what her name is, but her handle is Fashion Breed. Uh, I love her so much. And she's, like, has shared openly her, like, infertility mm-hmm. journey and, like, all these things. And she's finally pregnant and she's going to have she her baby. serious, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And she's so happy, whatever. And she posted something. I think it was yesterday or a few days ago. Um, She's always posting, like, really cool, like, yeah. deep stuff. But this one, she was like, I'm so glad that I'm living in an age where, like, women are being open about how difficult pregnancy can be, motherhood, and like how those things don't invalidate, like that that doesn't make you a bad mother, just because Mm. you literally, exactly what you said. And I was like, whoa, this is cool that it's being talked about.
1: A lot of like media and stuff will romanticize the having the child. Like it's that moment where like, oh, the the birth is so hard, the labor is so hard, and here's the baby and I forget everything. And I don't Mm. think that's true. I like, From my experiences and listening to women, that's not the truth yes you get the baby and you're grateful to have the baby and you're grateful to hopefully have a healthy baby and uh you're grateful that they're in the world and that you can be a mom that doesn't mean you didn't just go through a painful labor it doesn't erase it and yes there are hormones that are released in your body that make you feel better i was just gonna say that make you feel better that don't fix it they don't erase the trauma (laughs) exactly like i think it's so ridiculous that that is expected and then also that it's expected like yeah, okay, you, you gave birth a week later, you need to be just fine, be yourself. Why are you, you just had a baby and now you're not back to having a six pack and you're not mm. walking around. I think the bouncing crazy. back
0: of your body, like, oh, that bothers
1: me so much. I have it? family who were lucky enough genetically to have a baby or have had babies and kids and immediately after be absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, I have an aunt who gave birth and four days later, She's standing in a picture with a completely toned body. And she's walking. Any <laughs> jeans and all. Yeah. And she's walking and she's great. That's not everybody's that's experience. Not everyone.
0: And that's, I think, the whole point of this is like we need to honor our bodies and like what we can do and like all these things. And understand that we're not all the same. And we yeah. do go through everything differently because you can have a traumatic birth and all of that, but you can also have a wonderful birth. Yeah. Like, dude, my sister. Yeah, your sister <laughs> had a wonderful birth. She was chilling, bro. She was like in active labor, and she's like, "No, I just have like a crampier, man. I don't know what this is." And her husband's like, "Okay, let's go to the hospital. It's time." Like, I think it's time, and she's like,
1: "No, man, I'm fine. I think I'm good." <laughs> so but that's what I'm saying. It's we should be validating these experiences in the sense that we can speak about both, and neither one of them is shameful. Because I, what I see a lot is that romanticized. Like, my birth was amazing, or my birth, was, the labor was horrible, but then I had my beautiful but baby. my beautiful baby made everything mm. so much better. And I think that invalidates mm. the experience of hundreds and thousands and millions of women who don't have that experience. No, and funny. I just want to say something else that irks me. Okay, I am not a pregnancy person. I don't enjoy the idea of pregnancy. It absolutely freaks me out and terrifies me pregnant bodies freak me out I will never tell the person that I'm uncomfortable with them being around me but I overthink it 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 bothers me in the sense that like I can't it gives me anxiety my body I can't handle it but something that absolutely just irks me is when people say she's treating pregnancy like it's a disease and she can't do anything for herself excuse me Do you know what this woman's body is going through? And even if you went through pregnancy and you're saying that to another woman, how dare you? How dare you, yeah. Just because your experience of pregnancy wasn't horrible doesn't mean that other people's experiences aren't. Don't invalidate other women because you had a good experience. I think that is the most horrible thing that you can do to say, oh, she treats pregnancy like it's a disease. And I've heard that said so many times.
0: Dude, I feel like just around pregnancy itself, like it's almost like the woman is not a person anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, especially, you know what irritates? I also, pregnancy is a bit like, like it Mm. freaks me out. And I will never touch a pregnant woman's stomach. That is the number one thing that bothers me so much. It bothers me. It it scares me. And it also grosses me out a little bit. Like, cool. If it's your own body, like you're going through it, I'm sure that's a cool experience. You're like, wow, this thing is great. Cool, cool. But for someone to come and put their hand on, like, don't fucking touch me! Dude, if I ever get pregnant and I have kids and slum, someone comes to touch me, even if
1: it's my fucking mom, I'll slap their hand away, like, don't touch me. But I think it's a different experience, like, well, um, you know Zoe? It's like, yes, yes, yes. She spoke about her pregnancy and she said that she was always terrified of, like, the baby moving. It was, like, something that was, like, terrifying to her to think about it and to, like conceptualize like there's gonna be something growing inside of me and it's gonna move and she always thought it was gonna freak her out and she also said the same thing, she didn't think that she was gonna like want people to touch her and stuff and then as soon as her baby started moving she was like this is the coolest thing ever and she put everybody's hands on us, like, sure, she, like, she feel it she was forcing everyone to but think. she also said that like she would she doesn't understand how strangers feel like they can come up to you and touch you because that's just because saying. you're pregnant. it's like just because you're pregnant now you're public property like no. I actually one of my cousins had a baby and something that like really bothered her, of course it bothered her, is when she would go in public with her new baby, people would like look at the baby like open the stuff like the crib and the pram the mm. and like look at the baby and like when her when the baby was like a toddler, um people would try and touch her or like touch her hands or touch her feet or stuff in line and stuff and don't do that! Don't do that! Like don't terrible. touch other people's kids. no literally. Like I understand if a baby's in front of you in a queue and they're cute, because babies are curious and they're looking at you. And we've all had that experience where like the baby's staring at you over the mom's shoulder or whatever, <laughs> and you're like, like <laughs> yeah, like if That's what I feel like. It's fine to like wave at the baby mm-hmm. and whatever. Just don't touch other people's bodies. Like, no, don't. Like
0: that's exactly what I'm saying. Just because someone is pregnant, has just had a baby, or is going around with their newborn baby doesn't give you the right to go up to them and touch them. Like, they're still humans.
1: Yes. If it was any other random person, you wouldn't do that. Exactly. And kids are, like, kids are so strange. They'll probably come up to you and grab your hand and whatever. And that's a different story. But, like, grabbing a baby out of someone's hands or, like, opening up don't do that. Yeah. But just
0: with pregnancy in general, I feel like, even not just the touching, like, also just unsolicited
1: advice in general. from Your people. boundaries are crossed very easily. In so
0: pregnancy. easily. And I feel like that's something that's... I don't know how people handle that like I'm sure it's so difficult like socially (laughs) because people think like okay I've had a kid so now I can tell you what's gonna happen but
1: and I mean it's a it's different it's difficult from both sides right because if you're gonna so like we're talking now right there's a lot of misinformation around women's reproductive health there's also a lot of misinformation about about pregnancy and a lot of new information about pregnancy Mm -hmm. so I'm sure like I don't think people coming to you with information mean it in a bad way. Nobody has bad intentions with sharing their information, but people coming to you, like I'm putting myself in the, in like the the shoes of a pregnant person. If I had to be pregnant now and a bunch of people like, okay, first of all, it's already terrifying. I'm pregnant. I know that that's a responsibility that I have. I know I'm going to have a kid. Now I'm trying to educate myself in every way that I possibly can and make, get ready to have this baby. Now people are sitting in front of me and everybody's giving me contradicting advice on what to do and how to do it right. and what's the best thing. And don't don't formula feed, only breastfeed because there's a lot of opinions out there around pregnancy. And I think like another thing is like, don't assume, like people will say, oh, well, she only breastfed her baby for one day or never breastfed her baby. She only formula fed, so she's a bad mom. And she could have, you know, not everybody has the capabilities. There are multiple different reasons why people aren't breastfeeding or can't breastfeed. If, unless that person is your sister or whoever that's close to you that is willing to disclose that information to you. It doesn't have any you. Or to if someone here. is asking for advice yeah. or whatever,
0: that's different. But do you just like,
1: yeah.
0: At least treat pregnant women with respect that you would treat yeah. any other human.
1: And the stigma around, like, there, that's a whole other conversation that we're also not gonna have, but the stigma around. Breastfeeding or bottle feeding, like formula feeding. Yeah, to the point where there are regulations against formula, like specific formula ads. Like there, there's regulation around that. How can you stop information from reaching women that need it?
0: That need it. Yeah.
1: Not everybody can breastfeed, so formula exists because it is a an option that can be utilised. Why not utilize it? There's real issues around finding up to date, proper information on formula feeding, unless you have the resources to go to a specialist or a, a doctor and go and speak to them. Not everybody has those resources available to them all the time. Right. I think it's ridiculous that that exists, and so <clears throat> don't add to the stigma of it. No, it's ridiculous. I agree. If somebody is formula feeding, they're formula feeding, doesn't have anything to do with you, it's not your kid. Mm. End of story. And it's also not your body, and if someone tells you that they're on birth control, not on birth control, using the pill, using an IUD, that's their choice.
0: Yeah, it's not up to you to decide.
1: So let's not shame people, and if if you feel like it's genuinely bad, like I also can understand, if I'm sitting here and I had a horrible, terrible experience with birth control, and I want to warn you because I'm so scared that happens to you. There's a way of going about it. Yeah. There's a like... Just think. I understand that there are women who have healed their endometriosis through gut health and eating that I do not have the time or the resources to feed myself in that way that I heal myself and I also am not willing to be in that gut-wrenching pain for the next few years to figure out, do I need to eat three carrots or only I need two?
0: Yeah, it's not, yeah. So I'm going to take the birth control. Everyone makes their own choices and we just need to respect that. Yeah. Going off of that, another conversation we do need to talk about before we end this episode is around menstruation itself and oh, yeah. the, the products, that, the you products
1: that you can use. Yeah. That are available right. to
0: use. Right, because... We've also had our, our rides with those. Yeah, we have.
1: <laughs> um, <sighs> this is, why Deep is side. there so much stigmas around the stuff, man? Like, right. I, there was just so much stigma around period products and which ones you can use and which ones you can't use and you're too young to use certain, like, baby, it's... Okay, here's my opinion, hot take. If you have a period, you're probably not too young to use any period product that's the truth so maybe Um, let's not tell women that yeah and also let's not spread false information about you are no longer a virgin if you use tampons first of all the idea of virginity is a construct first of all so (laughs) let's just leave it at that just but even if you want to remain in that belief that's not how it works no it's not right it's not true so let's not spread that. And if you want to go over that and not use it because of that, that's fine. That's your choice. Don't tell other Don't people. Don't shame not to. other people for it. And I think, in my experience specifically, this is probably not our target audience, but older women specifically have been in my life the people who have created the most shame around period products and which period products to use. Dude, again,
0: our lives are so different and it's so interesting because for me, I almost feel like the opposite. because so I got my period very early. I was, like, grade four or grade five. Um, and so I was obviously one of the first girls, like, it was probably me and another girl that had our period in that mm. year. And, like, with, we would do swimming for PE. That was, like, our swimming year. And whenever we got our periods, we would just sit to the side and we're, like... And it was a female teacher. And we're, like, madam we're on our periods. Like, we can't swim. And she would almost, like, shame us into, like, why aren't you wearing a tampon? Like, just do it grow up yeah. and I'm like first of all I'm like yes I can but, but I don't want to also I'm just starting my period like I don't know what's going on
1: if I'm comfortable only mm. wearing pads like leave me alone <laughs> you know no, what I that's mean? Another thing, like I think people don't talk about like it takes a while to develop like a sense of your body and like comfortability around your body to like use different products to adjust and that's the thing because okay yes you get your period every month but it's only like a
0: week or so. Or even less, especially in the beginning. So I mean, you have like let's say four or five days to try out one brand mm. of on pad. Mm. Then you're like, okay, I don't know if it if I like it or not. So you use it the next month, and then the next well, month. Well, you don't you...
1: even know what there is to like or right. not. Right. So like it's like a period of like a year or even longer where you're like trying no to one.
0: try different products and see what's happening and what's not working and
1: what's working. me, it's still ongoing. Like I, we're, I'm still using new stuff, but like. Right. I started using a period cup two years ago, yeah two years ago and I did a lot of research on it before I tried using it and a lot of the re- the like research that I found was like you need to be very comfortable with your body which I felt like I'm very comfortable with my body I don't have any issues people were like you can't be triggered by blood obviously I'm like yeah I'm not like <laughs> okay um, <laughs> I feel like at this point <laughs> you know, like, I like I'm good like I'm alright yeah um, and I started using it and honestly like I thought all these people are exaggerating like it can't be because everyone is saying it's going to take some adjustments, going to take some getting used to like whatever and I was like these people are exaggerating like <laughs> I'm good like if you I, I was like if you can use a tampon and you're comfortable with it you should be comfortable with this different ball game guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, okay, thing with, the thing with menstrual cups is that I have experienced
0: not all of them are made equal no and That's the biggest thing. Like, not all of them are made equal. So, yes, it's easy. It's an easy concept to grasp. Like, you understand how to insert it. You understand how to take it out. Like, you know, when it, the way that it feels if it's not inserted properly. But that doesn't mean that the the one that you have at this point is going to work for you. Yes. So
1: you will have to go through it. Which is also ridiculous and annoying because now you're paying whatever, 300, 400 rand every time for a new one to see if it works for you. And then it doesn't work. Then what do you do? You just have this thing. And the whole point of it, kind of, is also to be, like, sustainable. Like, mm. you want to buy one and keep it for five years or keep it for ten years, whatever the thing is. Now you, know? you
0: have five that are sitting there because you... And you can't it's give them to your friend. What <laughs> <are> you <laughs> <that> can happen? <laughs> I don't
1: know. But, um, yeah, and also, something else that needs to be spoken about is, like, anatomy is different for different people. This, people's cervixes sit in different places, and your cervix moves around during your cycle. So, like, using menstrual cups, different menstrual cups for different people is also important and i a friend actually asked me to speak about this and something that she mentioned to speak about is like well first of all the light ones stain which they Mm. don't tell you yeah
0: i have a clear one
1: yeah and it's completely stained yeah
0: and even though you clean it
1: you still feel like are you clean is this should I be putting this inside my body yeah I did a lot of research on that also mm. I have a light pink one which I think is actually perfect it hasn't stained, like it hasn't gotten darker which I know happens for light ones this one hasn't gotten darker at all but she suggested getting a black one I've never personally had a black one
0: I feel like I would be so scared
1: like yeah is it clean because, yeah, because I, can't I can't see, see it yeah. yeah but um so. obviously if you have it it's also a responsibility that you take to like there's more effort that goes into it. Like, there's more prep that goes into it. You're, like, boiling it and cleaning it and, like, washing it. And now, There's
0: so much admin, dude.
1: And there's, like, there's also the aspect of, like, if you are going to be cleaning it in public, like, what's the, what's the procedure here? Because <laughs> you're, you're going to have to go into, like, a bathroom stall that also has a basin. Otherwise, you're just going to be walking around with blood on your head. I don't know. Like, you have, there's, there's things to consider. Yes. And so pe- that's another thing. People who are like, I find people who use period cups can become really big advocates for it, in the sense of like being very pushy. Like there's you a your yeah, you are like, must. this is the best thing, and you can't oh. use anything else. And if you ever buy tampons or pads ever again, you failed in your mission. Like right. you can only use this one thing. I think that's ridiculous. Like you yeah. should use a mixture of whatever works for you. But um it, there's if you're going to do it, just know there is consideration that goes into it. Right. And just like birth control, it, just because it works for you for a year
0: or a couple of months mm. or whatever, doesn't mean it's going to keep working for you forever. Mm. Like, in my case, I got my first menstrual cup when I was like, let's say, grade 10 or something. Whoa. Yeah, pretty early on. And I used it. And at the time, I was dancing a lot. And it was great. I loved it. It was mm. the best thing ever. When I got my IUD... i couldn't use it anymore i felt like the suction was gonna pull my head out i've heard that i think well my doctor was saying that the lady that her thing fell out she thinks it's because Mm, she was using the menstrual cup and she disposed it and she disposed it in a public toilet so she she (laughs) (laughs) and she didn't know it was there
1: because obviously actually ridiculous most of all and also like that's flashing a 3000 medical (laughs) device literally down the toilet goodbye
0: (laughs) no but i could literally in the first few months that i had my iud in and i would use the cup i could feel like something is pulling here that should not be pulling so that is terrifying it was terrifying so i had to stop using my cup so that's another thing to consider (laughs) be careful be careful you might just suck your iud out and throw it down the toilet
1: (laughs) also like another thing to speak about is like different cups have different suctions and different like ways of removing it they have different stalks like things mm-hmm. and touch and like they're different there's different levels of comfort for different people yeah. she said that the ones with the ball on the end is way more comfortable for her mm-hmm. I, that's not my experience the ones that are like straight that you can cut is like the most comfortable for me so mm-hmm. like y- you have to try different ones, yeah, to to try. The it's, ones it's terrible but then also like so okay those are the horrible things but also there's very good things I love it. I really like it a lot. It's so much more comfortable for me. I love the fact that I can reuse it. I love the fact that I can keep it in for 12 hours and not worry about toxic shock. I know it has happened, but it isn't like a big concern. Yeah. Um, and i like, I'm comfortable with my body and whatever. But then also, so this is something that I wanted to talk to you about also. The different people have different anatomy, whatever, the cup for me, Closes my urethra. So it's, like, literally harder to pee. Mm-hmm. And so I did, like, research on it because I was, like, this is... I don't know if this is normal. And I have kidney issues, so I don't want to, like, assume that things aren't normal, that aren't normal. And then I'm, like, actually, I should just go and make sure that my kidneys are okay. <laughs> Your kidneys are okay. And then it's a thing for some women. Like, it's wow. a thing. And so there are now new shapes in, like, the cup mm-hmm. that, that, like, allows more... Leeway for your anatomy, but they're not available in South Africa yet, of course. So now I can't find it unless I ship it in. Mm. So now it defeats the point of having a menstrual cup because you can't keep it in as long, right? Well, I can pee, but like it's not the same. Like, (laughs) I'm peeing for five minutes and I'm like, Mm. I think I'm like ruining my pelvic floor because that can't be good. (laughs) You're not supposed to be like pushing pushing to pee, yeah push and be Yo this is a lot of people don't know this you're not supposed to push your pee out. Yeah. Or anything else. <laughs> like, you're not supposed to go push go, guys. Go like just if you don't know this like there's what is her name? There's a lady on um youtube, tiktok, wherever and she has um she has a pee clinic like literally that's what she does and she like does perfect floor training and like she like tells you like don't do this shit because you think that you must push to be and then actually it's ruining your pelvic floor and it's like causing you issues in the long run it's really bad but that's what i'm saying so i don't want to do that for for a long like period of time but now i'm like this is so much more comfortable and i will say that when i did have period cramps it did help like i don't know what the science is behind it i know that a lot of people said like when i did research people were saying like it helps with period cramps whatever and i was like that was the one thing that I'm like. I don't know about this because, like, what's the science behind that? But it did help.
0: You it won't. helped. I don't. Well, I don't know if I ever noticed that. I don't know.
1: Well, I stopped using my period cup a long time ago.
0: <clears throat> also because I feel like because I got it like so Way young, back. and then I never really bought another one your body there was it. a point where i was like this is not working anymore really? the suction was too suctiony, <laughs> and it was painful mm-hmm. did you have you ever inserted the cup and then you like stand and you walk around and then it's like <laughs> and you're <Yeah>. like oh <laughs> uh, it like shoots out it like slaps you. you and you feel like your insides are being sucked through your, <laughs> your <laughs> out of your body dude yeah, dude. yeah
1: no. no 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 that's that's what i have to say guys me too
0: I think we touched on everything we wanted to talk about, and more, <laughs> and more. <laughs> I
1: got very upset about pregnancy, but it really is the truth. No, but it's a big topic. Yeah, and we're not in a space where I don't think I don't know <laughs> that you're <laughs> going to be pregnant soon. Not soon, guys. So I first need to sort out my body. Maybe, maybe at that time we can have this conversation again and have it in depth and whatever. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, I'm not planning on ever getting pregnant, so I don't know if I can ever sit here and speak from personal experience. but, um, <laughs> no, we, can, but yeah. we might be able to have this conversation at a later stage. But I think this is this is as far as the conversation is gonna go for, for now. It. For now,
0: for a lot, for a while, guys. For a don't while. No, don't ask me when I'm having a child either, please. I'll punch you in the. <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm. mm. Watch these YouTube comments get spicy. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, mm, I see a bang. <laughs> we got the pregnancy glove. Now, every week, you're going to get my pregnancy. Shut the fuck up. Don't do that. If you're watching this, don't do that. This will be the Jessica podcast. (laughs) Ah, Absolutely not. I will turn off the comments. Okay, guys. Cool. Thank you for listening. Thanks Thanks for for being with us. If you have suggestions on topics that you really want us to talk about, speak to us. Tell us what you want us to talk about because this was a suggested topic. And yeah, we had a lot of fun discussing this. I actually think that it's really important. And yeah, like, like And like when she said that her friend suggested this, I was like, this is amazing. Why
0: did we never think of talking about mm. this?
1: So yeah. Yeah. And if you think that you might have endo, go see a doctor. Go see your doctor, please. We are not medical professionals. No, <laughs> don't take any of this as medical <laughs> advice, but take it as like general life advice maybe. And just use it to guide yourself in the direction that you think will work the best. Right. And if you're not a, a period haver, I was
0: just going to say that. If you're still here and you're not someone that experiences periods,
1: I'm so glad that you stayed with us. Yeah, thank yeah. you for ed- educating yourself and being here. And um, we hope we taught you something in some way that wasn't too uh, traumatizing, <laughs> was a little <laughs> graphic. Um, yeah, see you guys next week. That's very we have a thing. <laughs> say <laughs>